Welcome back, Red Spotters. I am your host here, Alexis Soto, and I am joined today by not one person, but by two people. Wow, we really have expanded here at Red Spotlight Entertainment. Today, I am joined by Mr. Peter Martinez, and I am also joined by Mr. Francisco David Moreno. And I'm going to start off by asking Francisco, how are you doing today? Very good. That's so good to hear. Um, And before I ask Peter how he is feeling, I'm going to go ahead and get into what we're discussing today. We have a combination of the latest news coming out of the industry that we still love to cover, Hollywood, but also two reviews. We will be discussing the brand new uh, films, the new installment of the, uh, I believe it's Warner Warner Brothers uh, Conjuring uh, Cinematic Universe, The Nun. And we will also be uh, reviewing, in full spoilers, mind you, for The Nun, and also we'll be reviewing... The new film by Shane Black, and I believe the fourth installment, regular installment of the Predator franchise, The Predator. The fourth Predator without an alien in the title. Right. Otherwise, it's the sixth movie, if you include those. But from what I understand, and believe me, I did some extensive and thorough research for these movies that I haven't even seen. Um, Apparently, I've seen all of them. Yeah, I know you've seen all of them, because you have, I think, most of them anyway. Um... No? I thought you had Alien vs. Predator. I have... There's three <clears throat> so far that I that I like enough to own, which is the first Predator, uh, Predators, and Alien vs. Predator. Alien vs. Predator is just dumb fun. I have to go back and rewatch Predator 2, though. From what I understand, that the uh, AVP movies are not canon because they kind of mess up the whole mythology of Predator mm-hmm. and Aliens. No Nobody one cares. knows. <laughs> It doesn't really matter. The, both are just always supposed to be fun. Movies. You know what I say though. Um, you don't have a classic franchise on your hand until it's just ran straight into the ground. <laughs> then you can look back and say, "Like I created something legendary." <laughs> <laughs> and so far, Star Wars is the only one to come back from that ditch. Well. Not necessarily, <laughs> because I mean, there's there's still good films like the new Halloween's getting good buzz. And yeah, it's, I saw it's that trailer, getting, by the way. It looks yeah. really good. I haven't seen a Halloween movie, but I kind of get the gist of it. It's, you know, Michael Myers. Yeah, I know. But I, I feel like I want to go back and watch that first Halloween and then see this new one because that looks really good. The first one's so I peak John Carpenter. Well, the thing was peak John Carpenter, but still. <laughs> Fantastic. And he came back to do the score, which is half the reason I'm going to go see the film. <laughs> yes. Uh, uh, so we'll, we'll uh, get into all of that. But uh, I also I, I want to make sure that I ask Peter every week. Uh, well, and you haven't been on in two episodes again. So usually it's like, I don't know what's happening. So was this, were, were the last two weeks worse off or better off than the last time we, we were on the show? I'm going to say worse solely because we have a, a, a devastating uh, tsunami hit in our country. Okay. For those reasons alone, it would feel wrong to say... So Brett Kavanaugh? Better. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in other news, I think it's better. So, 
All right, let's get into the news with what's happening hot stuff. Henry Cavill is out as Superman. Warner Brothers has no further Superman films planned for the next few years. Uh, This was first broken by The Hollywood Reporter and backed up by Deadline. In the details, WB is focusing more on Supergirl and Batgirl, um, and we will get into our thoughts on his uh, reported uh, or assumed uh, exit, and also we will analyze the outrage and some hypocrisy that has quite me uh, that has gotten me quite enraged. We will also get into Venom, the new Sony film in association with Marvel, as it shows in the trailer. Tracking, uh, an article from Forbes that the tracking has been set for $55 million to $70 million, which would seemingly vindicate Peter Martinez once again. Somebody needs to start keeping a record of this because it's like, it's, it's, it's also sad um, because it's always doom and gloom and that's what life is these days. It also uh, was revealed that the rating was PG-13, which is surprising absolutely no one. Captain Marvel's budget apparently has been revealed via MCU Cosmic, and they are reporting, uh, according to a source from Georgia that's familiar with the production, that the budget will be more or less around $152 million. That being said, the Walt Disney Company has officially published, for your consideration, the Oscar campaign for Marvel Studios' Black Panther. And we neglected to do this because Kyle and I, sometimes when we talk about certain things, we neglect a a particular story, and we never actually discussed Damien Chazelle or the controversy with the flag in his upcoming film, First Man. And we will get into that because we just love controversy. And of course, as I mentioned before, we will get into the review of The Nun and The Predator. And uh, this is episode 124. Wow. Okay, guys. So, let's go ahead and start with uh, Henry Cavill. As I mentioned earlier before, uh, earlier in the week, Henry Cavill uh, apparently um, was running some negotiations with WB for a reported cameo in the upcoming Shazam film. Talks broke down, according to the report, which... uh, Resulted in, uh, as usual, that involves WB and with these DC properties, a bunch of confusion and a bunch of things that don't necessarily make all that sense. But what we know is WB did release a statement in which (laughs) pretty much just said, I mean, we like Cavill. And that's pretty much, um, I'm not going to read the statement because it really didn't really say all that much, but... Um, so here we are. Looks like Henry Cavill has walked away. And again, as we already knew, also in that report is Ben Affleck's time ain't that much longer, but it seems to me that he's already left out the door anyway. So I want to start off with Peter. So what do you make? What do you make of all this? What I make of it? Um, this, this has, I, Okay, let me start with <laughs> with something that I think people need to realize, and that it's executives are dumb. They're they're not the smartest people. I I remember remember when Solo was coming out and everyone was like boycott Solo because we don't like the Last Jedi. We want an Obi Wan film. And then what happened? 
I don't think the the boycott did anything, but Solo did end up not doing well. And then they it said suffered. No more no more spin-offs. And they're like and then they lost their Obi-Wan film. And then they were pissed. Like, no, that wasn't what we were saying. I'm like, I know, but you need to realize the people that you're talking to are dumb. Okay. So you need to be unbelievably clear with what it is you want. Because Wonder Woman was successful. And I'm glad that it was successful. I think Wonder Woman's a great character. And even though I didn't care too much about the first one, I'm looking forward to the sequel. They saw, oh, woman character succeeded. So at, at the end of the day, that's very similar to what happened with Star Wars. There, People kind of complained like, oh, we want Obi-Wan, we want this, we want that. The one male lead character that film they had for Star Wars was Solo and it bombed. So unfortunately, the Star Wars execs probably got the thing of like, oh, we need female lead characters. And I think that's the same thing that uh, DC got, which I do agree. More lead female characters is great, but it doesn't mean exclusively that either but because that's what they hear they're like okay so we'll do batgirl so we'll do superwoman so we'll try to push it more in that direction um they were losing bat um, ben affleck's gone like he is gone the it's not official yet i don't know if it'll ever be official i think they'll just try and sweep that under the rug but with they you got to understand because they have that sort of idea they've already had that because remember they want to do a batgirl film that's probably going to happen um before uh what's it called matt reeves batman maybe because they really want to stream like that same with the supergirl uh wonder woman uh shazam and aquaman birds of prey gotham city sirens gotham city sirens so they're really pushed pushing it that way because the only success critically they've had in years and i'm talking like damn near a decade it is. is a decade. There's yeah. literally a, a more or less 10 years time between the Dark Knight just had its 10th anniversary. The Dark Knight Wonder Rises. Woman came out last year. Um, the only like live action success DC wise they've really had is Wonder Woman. So they're like, shit, we don't, we've been trying for almost a decade. The only thing that's worked is Wonder Woman. Let's put all our chips in that basket. So, and, and I don't think people realize that that's the way they think. They think in a very like hard lined way with not much nuance to like why it is people might uh, respond to this specifically and this uh, and something else not so well. So Henry Cavill was not in a position, I think in a good position to negotiate. And I think he's playing hard, hard ball. He wants that a list money and WB's at a point where it's like, Hey, we're already trying to move in a different direction we were we're gonna lose batman we might as well just lose you too because you you two kind of haven't been working so if we can push forward the shit that has been working so i mean i i I really think what's his name shouldn't have played hardball so much as far as money wise goes and uh just to build off slightly in what you said um i was gonna ask you well I mean, basically, the, the the narrative that I think we've been pushing on this podcast for year now for years now is that um, the DCU failed, and it failed mainly oh, it because failed. of these executives. 
Mm-hmm. Mainly, maybe entirely because of the executives at Warner Brothers. Ultimately, like, destroy this. I would say it was and 100% them. You say it will, it was 100% them? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in, in almost every instance. And um, before I get to Francisco, I do want to state, I, I have attacked Warner Brothers, I don't know how many times in this podcast, I don't know how many years. Up until recently, where I've been actually very supportive of the trailers that I've seen for Shazam and for Aquaman. I'm very excited about those and also Godzilla. I don't see here what Warner Brothers did wrong, necessarily, with Henry Cavill. Because from what I understand, all that was being negotiated was a cameo appearance. Mm -hmm. And there are no Superman movies that were planned. Everybody knows this. I was saying ever since, you know what was the final death knell? Was Justice League bombing. Mm -hmm. That was the final death knell. You will not see another Superman movie for maybe 10 years from now. Well, see, this is the thing. I think he probably wanted... Uh, a good amount of money for the cameo. Yes, because there was nothing else they were offering him. And that's what I mean. He should have, if anything, hell, he maybe should have even done it for free. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm being serious. Because guess what? It at least, I don't, like, he doesn't really have much coming up on the horizon, I think. And this would have at least here and there. guaranteed, like, hey, I'm 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 in I'm in this, okay? I have a secured spot in a movie universe for years and years to come. That will lead to money down the road, especially if the small part was like an after credit scene, like it takes an afternoon to shoot because hey, maybe in Shazam 2 they're they're going to have him around like a uh, Iron Man in uh what's it called? In in Home Spider-Man Homecoming. So he he gets a paycheck there. Um with the Supergirl film, you know they're going to push forward in that. Even if they push forward on that before he gets his own film, maybe he gets a good role in that too, a supporting role. But he's he's still making the the what's it called the franchise money. I I just feel like walking away or demanding like too much right, and I do feel for him because Man of Steel was 2013, like come on, you know. Which is why I think it's a complete mystery why people convinced themselves mm-hmm. there was a sequel coming down the line when that was such a long time ago. And then also as far as Cavill is concerned, I also am kind of on his – I mean what, I, what I'm saying is if I were him, I mean after three films, I think his rationale is I should get a, a pay raise. On WB's side is, well, every single movie you've been in has made less and less money. So there's no, there's no value in giving you a pay raise. And if I'm Henry Cavill and I'm Superman – well, you're not making any more movies with me featured, so can I just walk away? Like, what 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 sense is there for him to stay if there and there would be nothing? To me, that would make sense if he had prospects. <laughs> I, again, I I don't want to be like mean or anything, but I don't I don't think he has any beyond this. And by Grace the way, Randolph like, seems to love him. Well, sure, but I mean it's. <laughs> It's. I don't think it's a knock at all because it's difficult. Remember, um, Robert Downey Jr., amazing actor. After like at around Iron Man three, he tried branching out and doing other films, and they were. He, it was like a couple flops, and then he's like, "Eh, I'm making money here." I think if those other films had been successful, he would have exited Marvel already. 
But mm-hmm. he's like, no, I got a good thing going here with Marvel. I get really good money. He's he's stuck. He's sticking around as long as possible. So even if you're A-list, you know, tomorrow isn't guaranteed, you know, career rise, especially in Hollywood, um, where, you know, you're in, you're out, you're in, you're out. So I don't know. I, I just think if you got to, even if the people are pretty much in charge or completely bumbling it, if you got a guaranteed paycheck, I mean, try to hold on to it. I think uh, after the success of Mission Impossible, they thought they would have some more leverage. But uh, he was the worst thing in that movie. Yeah, he was. He was the too. only thing bringing that movie down. It, it really. Mm-hmm. So, if anything, that movie kind of solidified. I don't think he's a good actor whatsoever. See, now the Mission Impossible thing kind of disappoints me because because <laughs> I am disappointed that he's like not being Superman anymore because I thought he had like a lot of potential in that role like I feel like we've all could have been like he's an amazing uh, Superman like one of the best ones and all that so like just him leaving kind of like oh well I guess a new one maybe I don't know but but then also I don't trust Warner Brothers at all to give him to make him amazing in this role I'm not even that excited for, like, if they're like, oh, we're making another Justice League, I'm going to be like, no, stop it. (laughs) But that's another thing you're not going to get. Again, we're, like, almost a year removed from Justice League being released in theaters, and there's been no discussion on a sequel to Justice League. Because it made, like, (laughs) 300 million in the the U.S. or something like that? Doctor Strange made more money than Justice League. Yeah. Doctor Strange made more money than Justice League. Oh, God. (laughs) yeah that's bad so again if we're looking at a business wb is a business and they're in the business to make money there's no real reason why you would greenlit at that point when you have seen in actual box office dollars that you have failed on such a cataclysmic and abysmal failure i mean in a level certainly um but like you know shazam and aquaman are pretty much done wonder woman's being filmed What's coming after? Are, are are we sure that Wonder Woman isn't the end, and then they're going to try to like low key reboot the whole thing? I feel like what they should do if they're going to hit hard with Supergirl and Batwoman, Batgirl is just oh Batgirl is like make those like amazing, mm-hmm. and then just have a team up with all three women, and that's it. <laughs> Which not to be confused, but I think. Batwoman is also being an, is a separate project for DC Universe, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Batwoman, she's going to be in the CW shows. Okay. Yeah. So clearly there's a trend here, right? Mm-hmm. Girls make money, yeah. which is pretty Girls much what I'm money. getting. Yeah, that's right. Um, like, I think they should just make those three women like their main thing and have like a team-up movie called Wonder Women or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Which, I mean, it's interesting. Yeah. Uh, we'll it's see how it DC works out. Forces of Destiny. <laughs> uh, which, uh, yeah. Um, Peter, here, here's what I, I'll say to this. Um, I don't blame Warner Brothers. I understand where they're coming from. I also, I understand where Cavill came from, but also at the same time, you're right. There, there's just, there are no prospects. I just take the free money and walk away. Um, again, the the outrage, I think, uh, 
personally disgusts me um, for for several reasons. First of all, I don't understand it because there wasn't going to be any another Cavill movie, with, another Superman movie with Cavill. That was not going to happen. And if you're angry about that, it seems that you have no one to blame but yourselves because nobody saw these movies. Every single film made less money than the last. Justice League made less money than all of the ones that came before it. Wonder Woman yeah. is the only success they had. I mean, Jesus, people, what the hell were you? Th- I mean, th- I, it almost feels like it was a delusion to think that they were going to develop another Man of Steel movie. It's been, They're- what, years since Man of Steel came out. They're done with that. They're like, why are we going to go back and try our hat again at these same properties that, uh, again, in their mind, they're like, well, I guess people don't like him anymore. But Wonder Woman was a hit and people really liked Harley Quinn. Woman's where it's at, you know, and even if it's not a hundred, that's not a hundred percent what the story actually is. um, It doesn't matter because that's the way executives think. So, um, I don't know. Like I said, the DCEU or the DC at all as like this shared universe is completely it's dead. dead. And it's been dead for a um, while. I'm for the, the individual films that turn out to be good. Yeah, I'm there. Um, I don't care what character it's about or what it is. If it's good, I'll watch it. But I, I think we just have to understand you're never going to get a universe it's it's not going to happen. And not, I, I, not unless they completely reboot it. And then who's to say they don't fuck that up too? Exactly. And here's the thing. I also, I know that for years we've been talking about um, Collider and their network, uh, people who we've listened to in the past. When this news happened, it's as if the wheels like finally hit and everybody snapped. And it's like, it took up until this point for them to figure out where I think Karloff actually said, they don't have a plan over there. They don't know what they're doing. And I'm like, guys, like, wake the fuck up. Who doesn't already understand or know this, that they don't know what they're doing because they're just making decisions off the fly. That and also, I, the anger, the sheer anger that was levied against WB for this decision and the outrage, apparently, that, that they were propelling about Henry Cavill. And FYI, this is where James Gunn comes back into the picture. Uh, just oh, God, you right now. here we go. Does not equate whatsoever with James Gunn and the backlash to that. And this is when I, I even I had a discussion with Kyle the other night. Where I was going to have a, a back and forth about about these people that we like we talk about, like Screen Junkies or Collider. The positions that they hold are are influential to a lot of people who follow them, like their followers. And their job basically is framing the discussion for these issues that are thrown at us. And it seems very much to me like a lot of these people framed the Cavill story as, I don't understand where this is coming from. This is bad. Why, Warner Brothers? Why? I understand that James Gunn's story is, has a lot more nuance and layers to it, and it's not as superficial as this story. But the way that these people framed the James Gunn thing was like, well, I don't like this, but there are some reasons why Disney had to do what they do. But at the same time, it still sucks. 
And everybody was just so afraid to even say anything that would offend anybody at that point. Whereas in that situation, I think that called for some real outrage like you've seen on this podcast. But for the Cavill thing, it's such a non-story. And again, I think people's priorities are just way out of whack. I mean, honestly, I don't. I mean, I guess I'm the only one that feels this way or that that puts the connection. But these people are hypocrites, and their job is to accurately frame the discussion. And so, and so often, like in this example, they just it's an un uh, uh, an unfair equivalence or false equivalency, I would say, on many issues. And I just think that the outrage that you saw for this Cavill thing um, just speaks volumes to how people just don't have any kind of angle as to what's going on. So um, it's disgusting to me. Uh, and I guess I'm the only one that feels that way when looking at this news. I don't know if any of you have any comments on that. Nope. <laughs> I mean, I get what nope. you mean. but Okay. Well, you know, um, I'll get it where I can. Uh, All right. Our next story is Venom. The tracking numbers provided to us by Forbes, lovely Forbes, uh, tells us that the tracking is set for 55 million to 70 million right now, um, which could rise or fall as we get closer and closer. Venom does come out in theaters in October. I believe the first week of October, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Peter, I have a hard time buying that. I really do. (laughs) <laughs> I just have a hard time believing those numbers. It just seems way too high for People a movie that's excited lo- for this piece of shit film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they really are. Like, oh my god, Venom. Oh hopefully it'll succeed so he can fight Spider Man. I'm pretty sure that's like the highest it's gonna get in box office though. Like it's Hell it might even get higher. Really? Come on. <laughs> Can't you just for me say it'll be lower? That way it'll actually happen. Okay, it'll probably be lower. Forty nine okay. million. It will. <laughs> I I I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I've been I've saw this from the beginning. There's not a lot of films coming out around that time, or are going to be in theaters that'll like tear away viewership from it. Um. People like Venom, I don't know, because he's big and he's a mean old, mean old Spider-Man. So they're going to go, they're going to see it. They're going to see it. Even if it looks like a piece of shit 90s uh, superhero film. If Even though Ben Affleck's Daredevil looks like it runs circles around it. They're, they're going to go see it. Wow. Dang. Uh, I, every, I'm sorry, but I've, I've seen that trailer far too much in the movie theater. And I can't take it anymore. I just can't. <laughs> yet you're going to go see it. Your boss, he's like a bad guy. <laughs> but yet one day you're one theater. thing, and oh the next God. day you're another thing. <laughs> Who wrote this? <laughs> Scott Buck. Uh, Scott Buck has slightly better writing. Wow. Not better effects, though. No one, no one is cheaper than Scott Buck. Okay, you say you're gonna, you're uh, fed up with these trailers. Yet you're gonna go see it. If it's as, I'm only gonna see it if it's as funny as I think it's gonna be. <laughs> if it's not as funny and it's just like unbelievably mediocre, 
to bad, then I probably won't go see it. Mm. But if it's like, because I think it'll be like funny bad, like there will be some laugh out loud moments. If it's if it's that bad, then hell yeah, they got my money because they're doing their job. They're entertaining me. But if it's just like boring bad, then no, I won't see it. Where do you think this will, this will compare? Um, how, how, how do you think it will compare to Amazing Spider-Man 2? I don't know. I don't know. That's so. That's a two very different kinds of bad. Again, Amazing Spider-Man Two is funny. Um, you got to give that film that. Like, there's two kinds of bad to me. You have the Amazing Spider-Man bad, which is just boring, or Amazing Spider-Man Two bad, which is funny as hell. Um, I'm hoping it's Amazing Spider-Man 2. Um, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Francisco. Uh, I, I don't know. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, are you, are you going to go see this? Yeah, I'm going to see it. I, yeah. I watch every movie that comes out. You oh, say okay. that with such like, uh, I, I have to go see this show. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Um, I'll tell you, I think what's driving this, um, and I, I'll tell you this for me, uh, I've talked with some people that have told me that, and I asked them that, that they're looking forward to go seeing it and they're going to go see it. Um, and I asked them why. And then I, I asked them, wait, do you, you know that this is not part of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, right? And then they're like, just wide eyed and bewildered. <laughs> yeah. That's also a big thing too. Oh, wow. Because if they see Marvel and those beginning credit, it, people people don't know. People don't care. And that's because, like, yeah. they go see the movies every once in a while. And it's, it's they're just not up to date. They're not, like, super um, nerdy weirdos like us, you know? Mm-hmm. They, they There's a trailer on TV. They're like, oh, it's one of those Marvel films. I'll go check it out. I liked the last one. I liked the Thor Ragnarok. Um, <laughs> so then they go and see it. So yeah, that's another thing that I think is pushing up viewership as well. Yeah. From, from the geek side, it's that like Venom is cool. And then from just the everyday, uh, regular, uh, citizen side, it's, Oh, Marvel. Okay. And I also agree with you. I hadn't realized it, but because there actually are a lot of movies coming out in October, but none of them are actually counter-programming. Well, they're counter-programming, but there's no – none of those movies like Halloween or Star is Born or whatever are going to compete with a movie of this magnitude. It's a Marvel movie. Marvel movies are bigger, and there's no other big movie competing with it in that month. So I think you're right. That's also driving um, a lot of this anticipation. But I will caution, tracking in recent years has – in recent – months has been kind of horrendous the solo tracking was way off the black panther tracking was way off as well so that's just how i feel about tracking anyway Mm. all right our next story which actually kind of segues into this whole marvel discussion is uh brought to us by mcu cosmic that they're reporting that captain marvel the upcoming uh film that will be released in march uh has a budget of 152 million (sighs) dollars Good or bad? Uh, I'll oh. start with Francisco. Cool. Uh, 
Oh man, I don't know. I think that could be bad because depending on how much CGI they're gonna put in, I feel like it's kind of cheap. Mm-hmm. But also, from the pictures that we've seen, there's not there's a lot of like practical effects. So mm. who knows? Ugh. At first, when I saw this, the initial reaction, without thinking too much about it, I was like, oh, okay. Well, maybe that means, I don't know, practical? Or maybe they didn't need to spend all that. But then the more I thought about it, I'm kind of pissed. And I'll get into that, but I'll go ahead and let Peter, I think, because he and I pretty much think I'm more aligned on that. But we're, we're, what I'm kind of suspecting what the fuck the reason happened. But yeah, what, Peter, what are we talking about again? The budget Captain Marvel. Okay, yeah, this is going to be cheap, generic Marvel film. At least you're calling that's it right here. You're calling it right now. Yeah, I'm. I'm calling it. It's. It's going to be uh, an Ant Man. It's going to be a Doctor Strange. It's going to be one of those where I go in, I see it, and I'm like, "That was okay," and then I walk out. N- nothing I see. I see so far is really and I know it's unfair to do it solely off of the budget but even like the pictures that were released and everything it just really feels like I kind of see where this is going um I hope I'm wrong also and I and I know you'll probably touch on this I'm afraid that they're gonna Black Panther it and divert resources away from the film to put them on Avengers 4, which I think is what hurt Black Panther and the reason why it looks like a PS2 game. Um, so, I don't know. I'm feisty today. I don't know what's going on. I am extremely worried now for this. You know, there was a... I still think that there's a chance there could be something to this movie, but... This budget kind of, if anything, cements for me that we're going to run into another situation with what happened with Black Panther, where the money was just sucked from that movie and given over to Avengers. Infinity War was an entirely VFX-made film. And I have no reason to believe that Avengers 4 won't have the exact same budget, if not more than that. So if that is the case, then in my mind, I'm already walking into this movie with some pretty bad CGI. And that's awful. That's awful because it's almost, it's like, yeah, you know, maybe we can go ahead and, and, and fly on the coattails that this is yet another diversity-driven film. And as long as we get the woman aspect right, we're going to be rewarded like every other film that, we, that, that, that comes out nowadays. That If you get the, the diversity aspect correct, then it doesn't matter what else you do. And it seems like they're going to just go ahead and, and, and assume to ride on those coattails because, yeah, the CGI, we can let it go. And, yeah, that's generic or whatever. Well, generic usually works out for us anyway. But it's, it, it's apparently going to get them an Oscar. Well, maybe it's a low budget because the story doesn't, like, need Well, you see, to that, that's a- where my mind went initially. That's where my, my mind went, where it doesn't have to take that much money. But this is... The Superman of this universe, right? Shouldn't there be some pretty big effects on the movie like this? Well, I mean, if it's going to be in... It might take place in space. 
for a bit. Oh god, so it better fucking take. Hey, wait, hold up, it better fucking take place in space. I know that there were some of those images were on Earth or they were in a city, and then they had some of the scrolls, obviously, and dis- or the Kree in disguise. If this mm-hmm. movie takes place on on Earth most of the time, that's already a big problem to me. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. There's still a lot we don't know about it. I will say I like the costume, but they usually nail it costume-wise. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and the trailer will, will be coming out this week. So next episode, we should have a, our uh, our take on the trailer of Captain Marvel. I think they announced Yay. Tuesday. Nice. <laughs> yeah. All right. Uh, well, as Peter mentioned it, uh, the Oscar campaign has officially kicked off uh, from Walt Disney and Marvel for Black Panther. They released a for your consideration ballot, which had um, Black Panther uh, submitted in a whole bunch of these categories. Every single category. This is so fucking depressing. <laughs> like, I think I'm on the verge of tears. This is so fucking depressing. I don't understand what's going on. I really don't. Again... People like it, and that's fine. But if if we're arguing, like, best films of the year, I really don't see what argument can be had. Like, even Chadwick Boseman put out an argument, and it was, like, <laughs> piss-poor argument of that. Like, oh, we created worlds and a language. And I'm like, a lot of, a lot of films do that. You're an actor. You should know that. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm getting the sense that they're gonna this this campaign might succeed in certain aspects. Yeah, I think it has a way better shot than Wonder Woman did, especially because of the channel that it comes out on. Um, yeah. I, I mean, if we're going to have a discussion about it, I'm just 100% honest, I do not think it deserves to be in the conversation whatsoever uh, as far as Best Picture of the Year. And if you want to ask me, like, you know, oh, what are better films that came out this year? Almost every other film that I saw this year. <laughs> Hold on. I can, I can, I have a list. I can tell you right now. Uh, let me see. Honestly, I'd rather see The Nun again than Black Panther or something. Like, well, I wouldn't go that far, but holy shit. I don't know. <laughs> I, I had a lot more. I can't watch Black Panther in theaters. Like, if it's in uh, theaters again, I can't watch it there. Oh my. I thought Upgrade was better. Hereditary was better. I thought Deadpool 2 was better. Mission Impossible was better. A Quiet Place, Annihilation. Um, there. Those are films that will never, ever get in the discussion for Best Picture. But those no. are ones where I would rather have a discussion about those films before I would have a discussion about Black Panther. And I do, yeah. I do think that, yes, um, cultural importance, because I see the, the pushback some people say is like, oh, well, cultural importance, it, the Oscars isn't just about what's the best film. It's about, you know, um, cultural importance and stuff like that. And I agree. I agree. Like, I, I'm taking that into account as well. But even with that, al- along with everything else with the film, it still just comes out to a rather, I don't know, mediocre showing of a film to me. I know a lot of people feel differently, um, but uh, it's the same thing with Wonder Woman where I'm like, eh, okay. But what I'm get- why am I getting the, the sense that 
It's going to get nominated for Best Picture. I I I feel like it is. I, I don't. Okay. <laughs> like I honestly, I want someone to tell me what's so great about that film. What is it? The story well, is average to terrible. <clears throat> the characters are fine to terrible. <laughs> um, a lot of people like the villain. I think the villain is rather generic and goes to terrible typical Marvel standards of what a villain is. The action scenes are okay to terrible. Uh, the visual spectacle is terrible actually absolutely it's terrible pretty pretty good sometimes very very rarely but i do give props to absolutely dreadful i like i don't know uh i don't want to give it away old man yells at cloud <laughs> yeah literally i don't want to give it away entirely um we've had some issues and I don't know when this episode, if it'll ever go up, but um, Nettie, uh, I had Nettie, uh, who is a student of film, uh, he's been on the show in recent weeks. I had her and Eric uh, watch Black Panther for a, an upcoming episode of To the Table. And what I can just, her and his reaction in three or four words were cheesy, lazy, and cheap. No one like no one talks about just how damn cheap the film looks. Like it's it's pretty bad and it's so baffling. And I remember it genuinely pissing me off because that you know Marvel is the biggest money maker in Hollywood right now. Like you should be some John Hammond spare no expense type shit going on there. And it looks like like a third rate, um, some third rate company with not a lot of funds hastily put together a film. And it, it's, uh, and that's what worries me about the future of Marvel. It's cause they know they can cut corners. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, and I also say, uh, Nettie laughed at the opening credits of the movie. Where he dies? No, the opening card. No, 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 not that. The the opening the, sequence. The sand thing. Yeah. The history of Wakanda. Oh, really? I was fine with the sand one. Yeah. Okay. Why'd like she that. laugh at it? She was. Uh, I, I don't know. She was just immediately turned off. But I guess mm. whenever that episode airs, we'll get into it. Did you guys record? Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Several. Okay. <laughs> several. Several times, in fact. Um, oh, and there's okay. still nothing to show for it. So uh, okay. it's a work in progress. Yes. Um, so the, the last star that we'll get into is Damien Chazelle. The director of La La Land and Whiplash has a new film coming out this fall uh, for awards consideration. And certainly it's been getting a lot of praise. Um, dealing with uh, Neil Armstrong, obviously, uh, and the moon landing. And the controversy began when Marco Rubio um, – <clears throat> 
Marco Rubio, a senator from uh, Florida, uh, retweeted a article from Business Insider that apparently um, had an opinion about how the film neglected to properly showcase the American flag on the moon landing. And that drew criticism because apparently uh, the film failed to definitive, definitively state that the moon landing was a uniquely American moment, which caused a bunch of backlash. Um, Neil Armstrong's family actually supports Damien Chazelle on the issue. Damien Chazelle released a statement in which he, and I'm paraphrasing here, in which he pretty much said that there was no obviously offense meant by this, but the story is not about this moon landing. We know what that is already. We know that event. The story is about Neil Armstrong and getting in inside who that person was and going through it from his perspective, from his lens. And the American flag is shown in the film repeatedly on countless occasions. Um, and it, the, of, and also to kind of also state off is, that this wasn't a uniquely American moment. This was a moment for all of civilization. So that's pretty much his response to it. And it seems to have quelled for the moment. Um, it might come back up again when the film is actually released in theaters, a film which I'm actually very much looking forward to. Um, and that's where we are. Peter. This is what I would call a non-troversy. <laughs> Where there's there's really nothing to talk about. It's just people yeah. kicking up dirt to kick up dirt. Um, yeah, it, it's uh, you, movies aren't history books. Okay, mm-hmm. if you do your job and teach your kids history, you won't have to have film explained to them. Well, mm-hmm. the United States, you know, we planted the flag and da 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 da. Films um, are intimate pieces of art by filmmakers or at least that's that's the way i look at them and if this specific filmmaker wants to tell this the real life story through a more human perspective than a strictly you know country perspective he wants to include the view it through the eyes of the next step for all of mankind instead of just in a very you know i don't know national sense then yeah, okay. You know, that's that's your vision. Cool. If you do, I, I I don't know what the controversy is. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of films out there that are very pro-American that show it from just a very like national side. I don't uh, I mean, it is uh from the perspective of America, the moon landing is a very significant moment in our history. But it's not just yeah. exclusively American history. Mm-hmm. It's world history. And I think Neil Armstrong said it himself where it's one small step for man, but one, what, big giant step or large? Giant, giant leap for mankind. Yeah, mankind. Speaking mankind of is someone not just that American. needs to Some learn people. history. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, you know, it's a, it's a direct quote and it's late and things happen. So, But uh, like uh, I'm saying, like um, – like when we think about Christopher Columbus, quote unquote, discovering America, which, by the way, he was kind of, you know, like a giant murdering asshole. But when we think about that significant moment in history, we don't think about it through like, oh, this was all Spain. You know, this is this is about the giant significance of, you know, how Spain uh, did this. It's about like, oh, this is the next step 
in human history where, you know, two humans that grew apart for thousands of years finally made contact. You know, that's the way we view it in history books. And I think uh, hundreds of years from now, that's I, I do think that's probably how we're going to view it. Like, oh, this is when humankind took their first step towards, you know, galactic travel. Um, it's, it's, it's a nice sentiment. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Anything to add on this, Francisco? No, I mean, that's uh, the thing you said in the beginning was uh, Damien's statement. Like, that pretty much did it all. Like, as to why it doesn't, this shouldn't be a discussion. Right. Um, are you guys looking forward to the movie? Heck yeah. Yeah. I'm not like raw, raw, but I'm like, yeah, I'll see it. Yeah. I'm already I'm already at the point where I don't know what movie you'll be, but I, I'm already calling it. Um, Kyle is going to support A Star Is Born, and I'm probably going to support First Man for Best Picture. And none of those things will happen the thing unless is, I tweet. It's Damien Chazelle, and uh, he cannot help but insert massive amounts of music into all of his films, especially Which is jazz. amazing. Which is amazing. So, I, I have no problem. To- I have no issue whatsoever. Please, by all means, insert all the jazz you want. I think I he said he was trying. Wa- I think he said he was trying to step off a bit of the music. So, bullshit! I cannot wait to this watch First musical, Man. People, and there's just like random like the the movie like stops for jazz lessons <laughs> and and history lessons on music. I can't wait for it. Wonderful. All right. So that will conclude the news for today. And now we will get into our review of The Nun, which is the latest installment in the Conjuring Cinematic Universe from Warner Brothers, which is apparently the most successful cinematic universe aside from Marvel. And you look at the box office numbers. Uh, Peter and Francisco went to go see it. Uh, I will let them go ahead and take it away. It was fun. Uh, I don't know for me like this is is a really weird frame film like I liked some some of the characters (laughs) this is a really hard thing to review (laughs) okay um, that movie is bad that's not really resounding that sounds a bit kind of deflated if you ask me (laughs) yeah Let me let me put out my point of view on this, and yes, I yes. and I sent this message um, to the to our group chat that we have because we're also very lonely, and so we only have each other to talk to. Um, <laughs> uh, what's it called? A lot of people compare the Conjuring universe to Marvel, and I think that's a terrible comparison. It is most aptly compared to the Star Wars universe. Because you got your main, uh, main but, uh, series uh, film. You told me in the past Star Wars is not a cinematic universe. It's not a cinematic universe. Okay. This is why I said the Star Wars universe includes the book, you know, the comic books. The, the, oh, I the, the, see. Okay. I didn't call I it a movie universe. I said the universe. Um, but specifically the, the Star Wars films, because you <clears> have your main, uh, episode films with star wars the same way you have your main conjuring films and then from there they spin off characters to have their own solo films 
Um, with The Conjuring, it's The Nun and Annabelle. And then Star Wars, Solo, Rogue One, you know, whatever comes next. Um, and I think that comparison also works in how I feel about the films. Because I really uh, love the episode films from Star Wars. And I love The Conjuring films. I think those are great, great films. And then the spinoffs are like fun time at the movie theater and then that's it you know um that's not necessarily good films but not something where i'm like well i've just wasted nine bucks because that's how much it costs the ticket costs were you know? um but i'm like yeah i got my money's worth i had a good time i'll forget about it in like a day but hey it was a good time while i was there uh and the nun continued that trend in my mind um so I was entertained. I liked that it was in a spooky castle in Romania. Um, I, I, I like I like when they just go heightened, like spook house funness. Like yeah. instead of doing this like very realistic horror. Like if you're if you're gonna have fun with it, have fun with it. Like it's, I love how there's like uh, a yard, like a garden of crosses where you can very obviously tell there's like 20 smoke machines right outside of frame, just blowing uh, mist everywhere. And then it, a lot of dumb jump scares, but then they do- did a couple of cool sequences here and there where I'm like, Oh, that was kind of clever. Um, so if you know the spinoff films for the, the conjuring, you know that they don't really develop characters it's more of, okay, these are our heroes. Now, an hour and a half of them walking down dark hallways and shit just jumps out and scares them. That's that's the whole film. So, yeah. I mean, I was entertained. Yeah. I walked out being like, yeah, I'm not angry or anything like that. I had some fun with it. So. How that's would you I rank think. it? How would you rank it in the in the Conjuring universe, the films? Uh, probably second to last. So and what's your ranking? Conjuring two, then the Conjuring, um, Annabelle creation, the nun, and then the first Annabelle. The first Annabelle is just shit. Um, but yeah, uh, I haven't seen the Annabelle. Way. I haven't seen the Annabelle movies, um, but I would put it like on number three on that list. Let's see how it is. You've only seen three, huh? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, but The Conjuring 2 is my favorite than Conjuring. And then it's another. Yeah, that one's my favorite too. Mm -hmm. I've only seen The Conjuring. There's a little. You haven't seen The Conjuring 2? You'd like The Conjuring 2. You'd like it. Yeah. I know it was better. Like Francisco, like I liked the opening with The Nun. Yeah. I thought they did some cool stuff. Like where um, you can go ahead begins. and spoil the movie, by the way, if that wasn't. Oh, clear. yeah. Yeah, oh, I so. was going to. I wasn't going to ask. I don't care about your feelings. <laughs> um, so <laughs> a Thank nun ha- uh, hangs herself in the very beginning of the film. Um, and while she's getting ready to hang herself, you see the, like the other nun float down the hallway towards her in the room. And like after she jumps out, you still like it. The camera turns to the window and you can slowly see the nun. Like in the reflection oh, yeah. of the window, come near. So yeah. like 
I was like, oh, okay, that like little stuff like that. Like when she wakes up and there's a nun praying in the corner of her room. And as she gets up to like go see who it is, slowly in the wall behind her, you see the cross like slowly turn upside down. Um, I was like, like little stuff like that, I think are effective, but it's mm. constantly ruined by like shitty jump scares. Yeah. And just like paper thin characters. I know that jump scares were bad. It's just that I get scared easily, so they kind of worked on me. <laughs> but, like, I know it's going to happen, though. That's the thing that kind of sucks. That's not, like, one of my favorite scenes in The Conjuring 2 is when you see the painting of the nun. And, like, it's just, like, it has, like, the camera is just on it. And you don't know if it's going to jump or not. Like, that part was my favorite part in the whole movie. So no, James nun, though, Wan is, like, the master of the jump scare. <laughs> oh, yeah. So like he's, nun, though, he knows how to do it right. Mm-hmm. So with the nun, I, yeah, you see the jump scares coming out, but I think they kind of fix it with some of the humor, like the part where what was his name, Frenchie. Oh was, yeah, uh, and is in the is in the cemetery, and like obviously he got scared. The nun freaking attacks him, and it's just kind of like, oh, you see it coming. It was pretty good, I guess. But then it ends with him like he grabs one of the crosses in the, in the cemetery, and it's just like, I'm taking this. <laughs> that was funny. I giggled yeah. with that. Um, I mean, it it ends with uh, our main heroine spitting the blood of Jesus Christ in an <laughs> evil nun's face, and then her being swallowed down a vortex, demon vortex. That was cool. Uh, that was that was pretty cool. I actually liked it. <laughs> I and um, I didn't expect that. I actually thought she was just gonna like break the thing and like stab the nun with it or something like that. I don't yeah. know. But I think the spitting thing was actually pretty cool. I like like the more like fantastical elements. I, I'm mm-hmm. into that shit. I know some people like shit to be realistic, but if it, it like if it's not gonna be scary, I like the atmosphere, like the spooky atmosphere stuff. Like mm-hmm. I said, like a giant uh, convent that looks like a giant spooky castle, where you like you don't know what's gonna pop out at any corner, and the fact that the the demon was summoned and like during the time of the crusades and then the Mm. crusaders like killed the evil sorcerer and then sealed the, the, the portal with Jesus Christ's blood. And I see that movie. (laughs) Yeah. I was like, (laughs) like, that'd be a cool story. Like a bunch of knights trying to stop a freaking sorcerer. It's not scary, but it's like, it's, it's fun. Um, Mm. yeah, I would not call it a good film. Yeah, at all same <laughs> but i was i was entertained so it's mm-hmm. like yeah i can't really be like pissed off or anything like that yeah uh i want to ask you um so i know that you rank the movies peter how would you rank them in terms of i don't know scare factor scare factor i think it goes in the same yeah the same the same ranking so it's not very scary than the nun not really um because like i said it's mostly just jump scares and i don't think jump scares count as actually being scary um the last movie that actually like really scared me was probably uh the one the last horror movie we saw in theaters hereditary let's see hereditary that one creeped yeah. me the hell out. This that one was just like, 
I just had fun because it's like, oh, there's spook house stuff going on. You know, I, I like how horror movies. I like Hall- Halloween's my favorite uh, holiday. So just anything like that, I can have fun with. Mm. Yeah. That will do it for the review of The Nun. We're going to go ahead and transition into The Predator. So at this time, we're going to have uh, Francisco uh, bid adieu to us because he hasn't seen The Predator yet. So to avoid any such spoilers. So at this moment, thank you, Francisco, uh, for joining us. uh, And we'll see you next time. Yep. Uh, All right. Bye. Bye. Okay, so the next thing we're going to do is talk about The Predator. Um, But before we get into that, I should say that last night, before seeing The Predator, I thought it might be a good idea to actually revisit the original classic uh, 1987 film. And I thought that was a great move because I think it had been over like plus 15 years ago since I'd even seen it. I do remember seeing it on TV a lot when it would be on because it's one of my dad's favorite film. But I feel like that's kind of like cliche because what dad doesn't like Predator? Yeah. So I mean, uh, (laughs) are you even a man if you don't (laughs) like Predator? Yeah, that 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 that's the a testosterone. Kind of, oh my god! Yeah, <laughs> that that kind of is what it feels like. It's uh, at a certain point, mm-hmm. but uh, you know what's funny? I think people mm-hmm. forget that the movie was kind of parodying those kind of films. The what films? Predator. Those like over the top masculine mm. uh, films of the eighties. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Because you see a lot of that there. Um, so I uh, I had the chance uh, to see it when I picked up this beautiful steel book, the limited edition steel book <laughs> that you have at Best Buy, which is beautiful. Best Buy um, don't pay you? It doesn't matter to me. If I like something, I'll shamelessly promote it. Like Marvel's Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which you can catch not one, not two, but three podcasts in the past few weeks talking about the wonderful Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., um, so, so I saw Predator and I very, very much liked the movie. I really enjoyed it. That's a movie that just comes alive, really. Um, it's obviously not a complex film by any means, but what it does well, it does amazingly well. The action, the suspense, uh, the sense of claustrophobia, obviously the horror sci-fi element, the the killings, and is actually a very good performance by Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, and the Predator is just uh, obviously working with, with the effects that it does, but uh, it was a great move to keep the Predator hidden for most of the film. A uh, great level of suspense and hysteria, uh, and I just thought it was honestly a really great film. Peter, <laughs> anything to add on to uh, onto the Predator? Yeah, the original classic. Oh, it's fantastic! That film gave us so many governors. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, I. It's it's a great film. It's it's one of those. It's always funny too. Because I don't think people 
realize just like how much faster films seem to have become like because predator is actually a pretty slow burn film yeah by by today's standards anyways Mm -hmm. like back then i think it's probably considered like non-stop you know move 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 but by today's standards it's kind of it's 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 it's, uh, it does what all great monster films do or even slashers um it slowly builds till around the beginning of the to the midport midpoint of the second act where that's where you finally get a good view of what it is you know your heroes are up against um it really does a good job of fully defining who everyone on the team is um because that's what happens i sometimes get confused with these action films where it's like wait is that the guy i thought he was dead you know, you, you know what I mean? Like, we've yeah. all had that where it's like, well, you know, these are you have a cast of characters, but I can't really tell the difference between all of them. They're not very yeah. much defined. Um, Predator actually did a pretty good job of in a short amount of time fully defining, you know, who these guys are and what they're about and what they're about is kicking ass. Um, and then just slowly the way they slowly unveil what the Predator is and what he's about with some kick-ass action and fun special effects. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a hell of a film. I love it. Right. Uh, and I agree with you. Um, I was just like thoroughly entertained, um, and it builds and builds. And I just, I, I walked away really, really actually liking the film a great deal. Um, and it actually kind of helped um, with today with watching The New Predator. But before we get into that, can you briefly run down your view on the follow-up sequels, whether it comes to Predator 2 or Predators or Alien versus Predator? Predator 2? I have not seen since I was like eight or something. Like I remember seeing it on TV and I like I just have bits and pieces of memory. So I really got to go back and rewatch predator too. A lot of people though, like I, I think it was kind of d- dumped on at the time, but a lot of people since then are like, no predators act two is actually pretty good. Um, yeah. so I really got to go back, rewatch that one. Predators. I actually really like, I think predators is a really good sequel. Um, it, it basically, it tried to be the aliens to alien, predators try to be the predators to predator and which is it's like it's a little bit more action oriented um up the number of predators up the special effects um basically the same film but kind of plus it a little bit Mm. and i think it does a really good job i'm surprised that film isn't looked at better because i like I, I, i really like predators i was looking into it i got the impression that it wasn't very well liked at all I do, yeah, I don't know why. I, I want maybe for our uh, to the table one day I'll give you predators just to see what mm. you think. But I don't know. Like I, just, I like everything you would want out of a predators film or even a sequel. I'm like I've I got it right there in predators. I don't know. I'm very interested because I haven't really seen exactly what people don't like about it. It's not better than the original. Like, I'll agree with people on that. But I'm like, 
as far as a Predator sequel, it kind of gave me everything that I would want out of it. Um, and then after Predators, was the new one. But then we have AVP and AVP Requiem. AVP was the first Predator alien thing I ever saw. Um, oh, really? I saw it in movie theaters. Yeah, because right. I, I couldn't see rated R films because my parents are very strict. Um, but AVP What, The was, Vault in Our Stars wasn't playing? Fuck you. Um, <laughs> if you want to know that story, you can go to uh, Red Spotlight. No, it's deleted. Not, sorry, um, BNC. Sorry. Yeah, so I went with my dad to see AVP because it was PG-13 in the movie theaters. Right, I remember, right. I distinctly remember seeing it in movie theaters, and I loved it. I loved the Predator. I loved the Alien. Um, growing up now, like it's it's not like a great or even good film, but it, I still have a lot of fun with it. Like, mm. like it, it's good, cheesy fun. Everything you would want to see, I feel like in an alien versus predator film, you got it there. There's a big, uh, throw down between an alien and a predator halfway through the film. The film ends with the predator and the human character taking on the, the alien queen. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's not a great... Most people see AVP as, like, okay. Like, average, I think. People that like Alien and Predator. And I would agree. But coupled with the nostalgia factor, plus I do think it... um, What's it called? It gives you uh, the things you want. It's not executed to the best ability, but it does give you the things you would want out of an AVP film. So yeah, I look I like very kindly on that. It's a, it's a fun romp. And Requiem? Requiem is terrible. It is downright terrible. Now that one I did not see until like TV a few years later cuz it was rated R. And I think um at the very end of the film, the original Alien vs Predator. Um they tease a hybrid between a predator and an alien because an mm-hmm. alien put its, you know, mouth over a predator. And then at the, the very last shot of the movie is the pred alien popping out of the predator's stomach. And then you like you had it. You had it. That That's a great setup for a sequel. It was going to be rated R so you can get back to the, you know, guts and slashing and blood everywhere and it was supposed to be set in it it was it was set in like this midwestern town i cannot remember who the characters are i think they're like the dullest characters i've ever seen in a film because for the life of me i can't even remember if it was a boy or a girl what they looked like i don't remember if there were characters um i just remember that the film like you need to look up clips of this because like you won't believe me when i say this it was so dark, the entire film, you can't make out what's happening on screen. Really? Yes. Throughout, So I don't know if there was good action in that film or not, but it was so dark that it's almost impossible to make out anything that's going on uh, on screen. And then I think at the end, like, they nuke the town and, like, everyone dies. Um, but no, it was, a, it was just really bad. Like, I, I remember, like, just not getting anything out of the film. Because at the points where there were fights, there was, I think there was only, like, even one real one between a predator and alien. 
it was so dark. I could, I had no clue what was going on. Um, so yeah, that one was terrible. Those are my minute reviews for all of the ones still out there. Well, here we have a new Predator movie, The Predator, directed the by Predator. Shane Black, who we both are big fans of. Yeah. What do you think? Um, you go first. <laughs> I, I, uh, you know, when I first saw tweets by some, uh, some uh, reviewers that were kind of familiar with and I saw that they didn't like it and then I saw that most people didn't like it. I took that as a good thing because quite frankly, when it comes to recent films, I've disagreed with practically everything they've said on movies. So, um, and I walked into this movie and I can't for the life of me understand what the big deal is. <laughs> I, I'm not going to say that this was a great movie by any means, but I was entertained. Yeah. I was, I was entertained from beginning to middle to end. Were there problems? Were there cliches? Were there um, ideas that weren't fully realized? Yes, yes, and yes. But for what I was expecting out of a Predator movie and having just seen the original for the first time in a long time the night before, I found it to be like relatively well done. There wasn't anything that was that offensive to me. Mm-hmm. Again, there are things in here that we will elaborate on that didn't work, fall flat, get annoying and We'll, I think we'll there's flip. some stuff. I think you liked it a little bit more than me because I think there's some stuff that are genuinely terrible. I I, I, I would agree if mm-hmm. we get into what those are. I, I'm not saying that there aren't bad things. I'm saying there are plenty of bad things, but they just didn't, I guess, trigger me, if that's the way to put it to you. I didn't necessarily care for them overall, but there's still some bad things that happen here, reoccurring issues that didn't work, some slight annoyances, but Hey, I was entertained. So that's what I think, but I I, guess we'll get into it. Uh, I'm around the same. I didn't hate it. I didn't love it. I was entertained. It's sort of like the nun while I was Mm. watching it. I was certainly entertained. There was, there was actually some pretty great stuff. Right. And I think, it reminded me a lot of Kingsman 2. Oh, really? Where I think it's made by a good director. There's a lot of great ideas. Um, but it just feels so overly stuffed that oh. none of them have time to breathe. And then it's also a hurt on top of that by some stupid decisions. Right. And right. some bad ideas. Um but like with the the predator in particular if you had narrowed it down to two storylines and I'll elaborate on what they are in spoilers if you narrowed it down to those two cuz those two I thought worked perfectly whenever two storylines were going on I was like this is great I love it mm-hmm. if it would if it was just those two um and just streamline the film to that I would have I think it would have been a hit and they would have been great but it was 
just so too much, too mm. much everywhere. And then if you were going to go in the route that I think Shane Black did do, I saw a tweet and I kind of agree with it. Should have gone full Gremlins 2. Uh, have you seen Gremlins 2? I have not. Okay. That's a Gremlins 2 is a good film, but it's just a straight up parody of Gremlins. Like oh, that, really? That, yeah, just straight up. No, like there's no if, ands, or buts about it. It's it's basically making fun of and commenting on Gremlins itself and the first huh, film. Okay. Like that was okay. and that's there are points in the in this film where it feels like that's exactly what they're doing, but then they try to pull it back to just be a predator film. So I think that's also what hurt it. But again, I feel like if they had narrowed it down to those two specific storylines, it would have would have been great. Would have been great. Um, but yeah, overall, I was entertained, but I, it, it was still a miss. Okay, go ahead and, and get into why you thought that way. Okay. Um, two storylines, the two storylines that I loved. And I thought like if it, if the whole film was just this, it would have worked out great, which is one of them is, um, the main guy in his cast of like crazy army dudes. Yeah. Whenever they're on screen, like I loved it. I loved their interaction. Like, like I was talking about how I clearly, each of them was clearly defined and I'm like, okay, you're this guy, you're that guy, you're that guy. And I, and they were, they were hilarious. I thought they worked. All, yeah, all their surprisingly. jokes, whenever they were just talking, I was, I was hundred percent for it. Um, and also the storyline with the kid. Mm. I, I think if you had narrowed it, like get rid of all the other science stuff and the scientists, like, I liked Olivia Munn. I thought she did a good job. Get rid of Olivia Munn. Um, you can maybe keep what's his name. Uh, uh, the main bad guy of the humans. Do you you mean the, Sterling K. Brown? Yeah, you maybe keep him, but there's a lot of like extra fat that that you would need to cut, like. Um, Honestly, the super predator, I would probably cut the upgrade mm. predator or whatever. All of that. I don't think that's needed. I think what would have been cool is um, just make it like a neighborhood. like Because they kept going into the forest and then different other places. Have it that he's wreaking havoc all over like a suburban neighborhood on Halloween night. So keep the setting there. You have Halloween themed stuff mm. everywhere. And like these guys are just going crazy all over town trying to take down the predator and, and have it much more of like a, like home, like the predator comes to your home and stuff like that. That sounds a lot like AVP Requiem though. Uh, not, not really. But it's a small town setting, right? Yeah. But if you saw the film, you would understand what I was, what I was getting at. Like the way it's very different. But um, because you would, you'd like when the point that I really had fun with it was like the little kid, he put the mask on to go to Halloween. 
like that's ingenious. I'm like, oh, that's great. And then yeah. the guys were dr- drive like they broke into like uh, they stole a cop car and then they stole like several cars and they're driving around town looking for the kid to save for the predator. Like if if it was more of like a home invasion, but like the whole town type thing with a predator and just a regular predator. Um, I think that would have been, that would have been perfect because you would have gotten to know the guys more because as much as I like them, I think there needed to be more time to develop them. And then you would have been able to develop the father son storyline, which tried to be the heart of the film. But whenever they try to like make me care, I'm like, you, you put no work into making me care. So if they, they could put the work into developing them and like, he's kind of a deadbeat, but a dad and you know, he, he has a kid with Asperger's and they sort of reconnect going through all of this. And then the connection between, um, all, you know, the crazy dudes and, you know, uh, what's it called? Becoming better people or getting past their own personal issues and taking on the predator. I think that would have been fun. And then also it would have been a set against uh, a suburban neighborhood drenched in Halloween imagery. I think it would have been great. But all all the other access, excess stuff, I think, brought the film down. Uh, whenever it focused on other stuff, like the stuff that I thought was terrible was the way the dialogue, whenever they would explain what's happening with the aliens, Olivia Munn would be like, Oh, the predators are obviously here because they're taking this and this and this. And then the other person would be like, well, that also means that they're doing this and this. like, they just get exactly like, it just sounds like they were told someone told them this is, this is what the predators doing. This is what the predators, this is what the predators doing. It doesn't feel natural. Like they're actually discovering it, uh, a trouble with tone. Cause like I said, they want to go balls to the wall, but then they also try to be a traditional, like action film and it's like no just go balls to the wall don't don't you're kind of kind of felt like they're holding themselves back and maybe it was the studio doing that and then i just hate the extended lore of like oh the predators they're here to invade because of global warming like the only part of that that i liked was oh their um what's it called their visits have increased over the years due to the earth being hotter like that's the only like little tidbit like they're like we don't know we assume that's maybe why they're coming more because like right, i said right. the, these these things work best when you just pull back little layers to the to to the predator world not just get an exposition dump of like this is what this is this kind of predator and that's that kind of predator and that they're going to invade and then now they're just like every other alien ever they lose sort of that special thing that the predator had that was always what was so cool about the predator they're basically they're not here to invade like they don't give a shit about learning about our culture or who we are they're unlike any other alien in that they're just here to hunt and I think that's what was so interesting. And to like sort of take that away, I didn't like. But yeah, I'm rambling on forever. You go ahead. I more or less um, agree with what you said. Um, Olivia Munn kind of didn't need to be in this movie. 
um, and whatever was going on with her just wasn't anywhere interesting at all. Um, as much as what was happening with um, uh, Jacob Tremblay, and then also I had his name. I believe it's Boyd Holbrook, uh, mm-hmm. the main actor, um, which I'm actually really liking lately. Um, can't wait to see future things with him in it. But yeah, I actually did think all the things you said worked ended up working in the film for me. What I didn't care for again was Olivia Munn's science ings, and then also Sterling K. Brown got very annoying, like just almost out the gate. Um, the super predator, uh, it was there, but it didn't really add anything the way I guess they were intending it to. Yeah. Um, it's an interesting idea. I don't know. It's an interesting idea that the predator came there and they gave a gift to humanity. And that was the predator killer, as it was called spoilers for the end. Um, I don't know how to feel about that. That, that felt like that was like something just, the ending was terrible. <laughs> yeah, that, I, like, okay. Uh, so that happened. But I was entertained with the action. Um, it was fun. Yeah. The dialogue kept me entertained. Some of mm-hmm. the action was pretty good. Like I said, I think the best action was with the regular Predator. Um mm. That's yeah. why I, I really wish they just because to me with the big predator, it, it 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 no longer became a hunter. It became a big, bumbling, uh, like brute force. He was more the Hulk than a predator, and right, it's like that's right. kind of not what the predators were. You know, they were stealthy, they're agile, they were big and bulky, but like sleek as well. They were hunters. They j- weren't just raw punch punch you know run head first into situations so mm, uh there's there's a part of a film in the predator that i know i would have loved because i see it shining out a lot especially in the characters and their interactions and certain storylines where it's like if it had just been root stripped down to these two um because like like i said the the i feel like people feel the need to get so complicated with films these days and it's like if it's okay to just tell a very basic story yeah that, that doesn't have much meat on its bones um sometimes that's necessary the original predator does not like it's it's such a stripped down story it really is. You have the initial inciting incident of Arnie and his team going in to like save hostages, or at least that's what they're told. But right after that, it's just you know these badasses stuck in a impossible situation dealing with this alien hunter, and then that's the story, you know. And that's okay. I I I really think you know it, it's. This film suffered from, you know, somebody just overthought it way too much. Maybe it was 
Shane Black. Shane Black. And again, I think that's the same thing that happened to Kingsman 2, where it's like, maybe because it's, it's the sequel and like with the Predator, like the sixth sequel, it's like, we really got to do this and this and this and this. We got to throw everything in to make people love it. And it's like, just strip it, strip it back. Keep it down to just a, a couple of storylines. Um, especially for a film like this. That shouldn't be two hours. It should be like an hour and a half, hour forty. Um, so yeah, I was, I was, I don't regret seeing it though. I was entertained. Um, I do still consider it to be a miss, but like I said, I don't. A lot of people are like, "Oh, it's terrible." Yeah, I was gonna it's ask terrible. you. Is like people hate this. Like it's awful, terrible. It stinks. The worst. Like I don't I don't mean to be that guy, but like if you had put a cape on anyone in that film, it would be like, oh yeah, it was good, it was a good time. Hate like, to be that guy. We're always those guys. I think we were those guys. At the beginning of this podcast with Superman and Venom. I mean, if you give Eight Men and the Wasp, uh, like everyone gave it good reviews, then I, yeah. To me, it's just like, eh, don't regret seeing it. Not the best, though. There was definitely shining moments. I don't know if it was like studio interference or just, you know, too many cooks in the kitchen or too many ideas in the pot. But, yeah, I don't know. Those are my thoughts. I mean, I'll say this. I was entertained, and I ended up walking away in a good mood, which is more than I can say for most of the big summer blockbuster movies of the summer. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I so, walked away in a better mood than I have more recently. So, yeah, at the movie theater. That's something. Yeah. Yeah. So that what, was our review on The Predator. Oh, Sorry. I was going to say, what's the next film that comes out? That I, I, I assume Venom or A Star is Born or maybe one before that. I'm not oh, sure. Oh, Halloween. Oh, but Halloween. that's October, isn't it? Yeah, those are all October. Yeah, okay. There's some movies there. <laughs> yes. Um, anything else? No, I'm good. Wonderful, because I'm just about done. Uh, thank you, Peter, for that wonderful review. Uh, I want to thank Francisco for joining us earlier in the podcast. And I want to thank all of you for listening. To remind you that you can catch the Fantasy Fair podcast every week on Mondays and Fridays with Beyond the Years and Once Upon a Retrospect. That's the podcast that covers all things Disney with Mr. Kyle Lara and Alexis Moreno. And, of course, you can keep it here at Red Spotlight every single Sunday and sometimes on Thursdays with myself, Peter Martinez, Francisco Moreno, and some other people. Sometimes. We'll see. I have a surprise guest coming up in a few episodes that's going to strike uh, some more, uh, you know, shock and awe. Um, and of course you can listen to our recent episodes, the wonderfully, uh, five star rated humanities shield. And also I am part of the Disney. Oops. I'm sorry. I am part of the resistance inside the Disney cult with my special guests, uh, Kyle Lyra. Uh, so <laughs> some interesting intrigue with that. 
and also, I forgot to mention, uh, we have a brand new audio commentary this week. It is Solo, a Star Wars story that is with Peter and with Kyle. I listened to a bit of that. Um, and uh, so far, it's an interesting conversation, what I listened to. Um, it's another one of those movies where I don't hate, but don't care for. But I can have some fun with it. So it's interesting. And yeah, Kyle just hates everything about it. So, yeah, that's usually how it goes. You know what's um, funny? This film came out five years ago. He'd love it. Did you tell that to his face? No, because I just realized it. <laughs> Am I wrong? I want to hear you say, Am I wrong? I think it would be better if Kyle responded to that question. <laughs> Maybe not so much myself. Um, yeah. Well, uh, thank you, Peter, and thank you, audience, for listening. Uh, until next time, please, please, please continue to stay positive, and as always, hashtag rehire James.